Good morning, Turks and Caicos. Another Saturday morning, and it's everything education, where education is everything. I'm Edgar Howell, your host. And with me is Kevin Baxter, your co-host. Sir Ed, good morning to you. You're with yourself. Good morning, Turks and Caicos. Good morning. How are you? Good morning to our regular listeners. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Everything Education, heard only on RTC. Mm -hmm. If you're waking up, if you're driving, if you're sailing, if you're on the water, if you're in the kitchen, if you have the mop in hand. If you're still lying in your bed. Whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. this is Everything Education with Kevin and Sir Ed. Yeah. How was your week, sir? Good week, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. you had something extra to drink this morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it? I was hoping to have some betan Z. Oh, okay. I was hoping to have I some. I was kind of thinking I saw Richo. What does that Really, sir, Ed? My, my, my mother may be listening. Don't, don't, don't say that. Mom, <laughs> if, if you're listening, just... Turn out that bit. Yeah, you didn't hear that. Didn't Not hear at that. all. Good morning. Good morning. Good Justin morning good to, to have you. you with us um, for another Saturday morning. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, regular listeners, new listeners. Uh, as long as you're a listener, we're happy to have you. Yes, yes. Whether you're a diaspora or my, my list, I have to now decide how, I have to categorize how I highlight and, and um, just give a shout out. Why do you have to Because I'm getting cussed out. You know that term too. Uh, yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because you're beginning to use the colloquial terms. Yes, yes. Culture did its job, you know. They yes. <laughs> did, did, did. So, person, I'm forgetting persons now. And how come you, I didn't hear my name? How come? So, whose name are you forgetting? Uh, sir, this sir, I will not be joining. I will not be baited. Yeah. Not I want all. to sing this morning. Okay. It's singing. somebody's birthday today. I feel and if it's your birthday today, you're going to get a special treat because yeah. Sir Ed has the yeah. mic in yeah. hand and he's ready to thrill you kevin you have to take it away happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday to you have a wonderful day wonderful day to you courtesy of everything education sir ed we have a guest in the house this morning we do yes met a quite imposing figure the gentleman walked through the studio and i'm like whoa i'm looking north yeah Basketball. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm, I'm eager to find out. I'm eager to find out, listeners. If you're wondering who we're speaking of, it's none other than Mr. Jaron Harvey. Jaron Harvey is a director of in the in the department. Matter of fact, the director of the department mm-hmm. of rehabilitation. That's a big That's word. A big rehabilitation. Word. And, you, and, you, and you, you're sure spelling it out. Yes, that, that's what my daughter tells me. You know, Daddy, you have to ensure that you sound the syllables. Uh-huh. You, you, yeah, so I'm learning. Good morning, Kylie. Good morning, Kaylee. Jaron is in the house. Jaron, what's up? It's a Saturday morning. Good How morning, good morning, Turks and Caicos. I think, I think my wife would be quite upset because oh. you, 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 you're disrupting our Saturday yes, family sir. time. Yes, well, sir. you decided. Well, well, so you have well, to so I, Oh, okay. Apolo- so you're pointing it back at me. Yeah. Okay. Apologies, I'll Mrs. Harvey. Shots, shots fired. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> Apologies, Mrs. Harvey. <laughs> shots I'm fired. Good morning. Okay, I'll accept. I'll accept. Yes, yes, I'll accept. yes, yes. I'll accept, I'll accept that one. <laughs> Good to have you. Good to have Absolutely. you here this morning. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be John, here. John, it's 9.30. Um, a little bit after 9.30. But I know that Perhaps you would have done breakfast already. We always like to talk about the cuisine of the TCI. You don't want to give visitors an, appreci- an appreciation 
of our culture and our food or, or the gastronomical experience is what I like to say. Uh, what's breakfast like in the Harvey's household? So it depends on the mood. Sometimes it could be chicken sauce and Johnny cake. Sometimes it could be uh, steamed fish and uh, peas and grits or mm-hmm. conch and grits. Uh, sometimes, but grits seem to be the norm. Mm-hmm. Grits in either tuna, uh, steamed sausage, or egg and bacon. It depends on, or sometimes mackerel, steamed mackerel. But grits is wow. So Miss Harvey, Mrs. Harvey has a very tall task every Saturday morning to do all of that. No, unfortunately, that's my task. <laughs> <laughs> so I, You're so, Saturday yeah, morning yeah, duties. Yes. Good. So all I right. take your Saturday and she take your Sunday. Oh. Okay. And is that why it's such a wide variety? Because you're 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 probably trying to figure out what you're going to prepare. Yeah. How, how, how do you decide? You know. Well, I'm the chef. So this morning, whatever, oh, so whatever I wake up feeling, I just cook. Okay. Ah. Yeah, and force the family to eat, and they just eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're used to grits and something, right? Grits and something. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. It goes with anything. It yeah. does, right? Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. What's your go-to meal though on on a Saturday morning? Your go-to when you just can't feel just most times would be grits, tuna, and steamed sausage mm. with plenty pepper. Oh, it's a spicy. So without the steamed sausage, I suppose he would have Samuel Forbes as a, as a good morning guest. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. of course. That's his go-to meal. <laughs> good morning, Mr. Yeah. Forbes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Of course, we'd love to sit and talk uh, about your your um, prowess in the kitchen. I'm sure Mrs. Harvey would agree, and the rest of the family. Correct. I can manage. <laughs> I can manage The grits won't be stiff uh-huh. It won't be swinge And it won't be too salty So it will be nice and fluffy uh-huh. uh, for a Nice and edible But I haven't had any complaints And my daughter who's four years old Is uh-huh. a lover of grits And she would tell you if it didn't taste too good Yeah well she yeah. does it because you cook it well, yeah. No I've She's very vocal mm. so I appreciate her opinion because uh, whenever she speaks, she speaks her mind. And so uh, if it's off, she will tell you it's off. And to date, I haven't gotten any bad complaints. Only at that one time when I tried to make homemade pancake. What did she say? I'm interested just, to hear. I think it was, she said, Daddy is too dumb. <laughs> so I might have either used too much flour or yes. too much baking powder, something yes. I did. It just didn't come out right. Did you do it again? No, I haven't. <laughs> but I, I no, we had pancake. We had pancake. Yeah, the real thing. But we this time, this time it was from IHOP. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had, so we had, we had okay. the real one this time. I, I thought okay. you would have told us your wife came and rescued you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some, uh, sometimes if she make banana pancake and fry fish, mm-hmm. yeah. Hers is so you're when when this is homemade, you're still calling it pancake. You're not calling it fried cakes. It's pancake. You still Pan- call okay. it pancake. Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And sometimes pancake cake, depending on. Oh. If it comes out dumb or if it yeah. comes out fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Okay. Okay. Good. Oh, well. well, food. So, Department of Rehabilitation. Yes. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about um, what you do, uh, what your department is all about, mm-hmm. who you're interacting with. So the Department of Rehabilitation is the government's arm that work with offenders in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are responsible for both probation and parole. And that I, that ideally involves supervising offenders in the community and trying to assist them and helping them to become law-abiding citizens mm-hmm. in the country. 
So that's what the department is all about in terms of probation and parole. And of course, probation basically means you're serving a jail sentence inside the community. You're still allowed to go home. You're still allowed to cook breakfast wait, with wait, your wait, family wait, wait, wait. on Saturday. You're saying serving a jail sentence it's in the community. community. Yes. So that's what probation is. The oh. court just thought it didn't make sense to send you to prison. Mm-hmm. So they convict you, allow you to, to remain inside the community under certain rules and regulations. But you're still serving a sentence. You're still serving a sentence. Oh. So you're, you're reporting on a regular basis. So, you, so, you, so you're being supervised by a probation mm-hmm. officer who will carry out the court's order. So the court will normally say, I'm releasing you on probation from anywhere between 12 months mm-hmm. and up to three years. And then depending on the individual circumstances, mm-hmm. you could be subjected to certain conditions, drug testing, curfew, uh, educational classes, participating mm-hmm. in substance abuse counseling, uh, random drug tests. Uh, you may have to also participate in some rehabilitative program. You may have to get a job. You may have to pay mm-hmm. a fine. You may have to write a letter of apology. You may have to perform community service hours Mm -hmm. from between 40 and up to 240 hours. Mm -hmm. So there are certain conditions that the court would would put in place. Mm -hmm. And those conditions are meant to be abide. uh, uh, You have to abide by those Mm -hmm. conditions. Mm -hmm. If they decide not to abide by those conditions, they go back to the court. And then at that time, the court will either send them to prison, extend the probation order, or convict them, make them pay a fine. Mm -hmm. And if they don't pay the fine, they will go to prison. So so the probation officer mm-hmm. would be the person responsible for the what what's the term given to that the the parole so for the probation we call them probationists. The probationers. Yeah. yeah. So if there is a violation of any of the above yeah. listed conditions. Yeah. And also they can't commit another crime. Oh. while they're on probation because mm. that would be a direct. You have to keep the peace and be of good behavior. That automatically comes with probation. That means you can't be getting arrested. You mm-hmm. can't be getting charged for something, any other offense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once you are arrested and charged with those offenses, that's a direct violation. And we are required to report that to the court who will then deal with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you're dealing with, you, you said. You're so that's probationers. Uh-huh, probation. And then we deal with parolees. And uh-huh. parolees are those people who are in prison. Mm-hmm. And then the parole board and the governor review their application and review the various reports and then mm-hmm. make a decision that this person has served a certain amount of time and they believe that they have been reformed. Mm-hmm. And so they allow them to come out of prison to serve the remaining portion of their sentence mm-hmm. under the condition similar to like what probation is. Mm-hmm. So they come out of prison and then they are subjected to rules and regulations and they have to abide by those rules and regulations. And if they decide not to abide by those rules and regulations, mm-hmm. they go back to prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of for, for the parolees, it's just a matter of a stroke of a pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, once the governor just signs a pen, we write to the parole board who will review what we say. The parole board would then make a recommendation and send it to the governor. She agrees, she signs, and then the police automatically pick that person up and send them back to prison. And so if someone is sentenced for three years, as an example, they serve two years mm-hmm. and then they come out on parole, they would be on parole for one year. Mm-hmm. So that means for that one year, they are constantly seeing the parole officer. They are constantly being drug tested. What does constant look like? What's so for us, we, we, we 
based our decision on the risk, the need, and the responsivity model. So we have a validated risk assessment mm-hmm. that that is called the level of service case management inventory. And it's a risk assessment that is used around the Caribbean. It was developed in Canada by Dr. Andrews and Dr. Bonto in 1980. Mm-hmm. And so it's heavily used around the Caribbean. Uh, it was first, it was first uh, developed paper-based, mm-hmm. but now it is electronic-based. And the Turks and Caicos is the first island in the overseas territories to mm. actually uh, to procure the electronic platform mm. for the risk That's assessment. Good. And so the Cayman Islands just recently got it, and they are, they are going to, to training now to utilize the electronic platform. And Bermuda is still using uh, the paper-based just as well as the... British Virgin Islands. So we're but, leading the Caribbean. Yeah, so we're leading the so Caribbean in terms the, of the OTs. Yes, yeah. in terms of in terms of the risk assessment and all of the other. I'm not too sure. I know that, um, the risk assessment that we just got. Uh, the company just accessed because the Bahamas is looking to implement it, and they write to us because the Bahamas is trying to find out what other Caribbean countries currently using it so that they can get information. Mm-hmm. So we may be helping the Bahamas to actually implement the risk assessment in their country uh, in the not too distant future. But the constant to answer your question, it depends on the level of risk. Yes. So if you are considered to be high risk, mm-hmm. you are supervised very closely. That could be you report to us anywhere between two to three times per week. Mm-hmm. And then you're subjected to random home visits. Mm-hmm. And if you're medium risk, you are subjected to see us at least two to three t- through two to three t- two to three times per week, mm-hmm. at least for the first six months, mm-hmm. and then thereafter we 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 reevaluate your risk, mm-hmm. and if your risk has significantly decreased, then we drop it down to maybe once per week, mm-hmm. and then depending on if it continues to decrease, we would move to every other week and mm-hmm. then once per month. If you are low risk, we see you at least once per month, and you're required to check in with us remotely at least every bi week bi weekly. But you come to the office to see us once per month. And the reason behind that is that literature dictates that you cannot treat someone who's low risk the same way you treat those who are high risk because you can have the reverse effect. Mm. So we divert all of our resources towards those who are medium and high risk because they pose the great, they pose the greatest risk of actually committing another crime within the next year. So we try to focus our efforts towards those individuals to try to prevent them from committing another crime. Mm-hmm. And that requires us to have more contact uh, in terms of the dosage, having more personal contact and putting them in more structured activities and skill building activities that could actually mitigate some of the risk that that, that help to develop their mm-hmm. risk. And so the risk assessment is based on eight criminogenic needs. And there are eight criminogenic needs that are worldwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that the risk assessment helps us to pinpoint is how do we, how do we, what do we focus on in these sessions? And a lot of times when you go to the doctor, the doctor and you tell the doctor your head is hurting. Yes. They ask you a series of questions to try to develop and to try to find out what is actually causing this headache, yes, yes. to try to identify the root cause of that headache. The risk assessment helps us to pinpoint which area mm-hmm. is likely contributing to this criminality. And so those mm-hmm. those those uh, eight criminogenic needs are antisocial cognition, that's thoughts, mm-hmm. that antisocial pattern, that's those individuals who have poor uh, coping skills, mm-hmm. poor emotional regulation. And then we have negative friends because we know that people who hang together are involved yes. in criminality, yes. how it can influence one another. Yes. We have substance abuse, which is another issue. Uh, substance abuse, which is another issue. Persons mm-hmm. who abuse drugs uh, and uh, become addicted. Mm-hmm. And then we have education, which is a, 
uh, a predictor of criminality. Those who have poor reading skills, poor uh, literary skills, it is a predictor of criminality. And then we have employment. Those persons who can maintain consistent employment in and out of jobs, mm-hmm. always com- uh, always being fired, that is an issue. Mm-hmm. And then we have leisure and recreation. They're not involved in no type of they're not involved in no type of structured activity. Mm-hmm. They don't go to church. They're not involved in rotary. They're not involved in a civic organization. They don't, they don't go to the gym. Mm-hmm. They're not playing dominoes with a group of men who are pro social or who are law abiding. Mm-hmm. They don't have no type of structured activity. The only thing that they do that is structured is sitting on the blocks, smoking a joint. Mm-hmm. And so that is an issue. I think that's eight that I call. I can't yeah, remember. Just, yeah, you've, you've mm-hmm. done all of them. Okay, yeah. So sometimes I get, I don't know if, it's, if I call or late, but yeah, those mm-hmm. are the areas. Yes. So yes. The, the risk assessment then tells us a, 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 it, it, after we input the information, mm-hmm. it develops a graph. For us, anything that passes 50%, mm-hmm. that's something that we have to target yeah. in our rehabilitation efforts to address these issues. Because if we don't address those areas that are above, that are above 50 then the likelihood of them committing another crime, mm-hmm. because uh, it, it significantly increases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for us to disarm or to prevent a crime from being committed, then we just have to supervise them closely, ensure that they're doing what the court uh, says has to be done, mm-hmm. but then also ensuring that they have to participate in activities as well. Now, there are some occasions where we could supervise someone and then their wrist drop, mm-hmm. and then they could relapse. So mm-hmm. a prime example was, I think, two weeks ago, we were seeing someone, they were doing so good. Uh, most of their crimes are linked to being idle, they're unemployed. Mm-hmm. So anytime they're working, they're good because they're structured, they're not being involved mm-hmm. in, in illegal activities. Yes. And so we worked with them, trying to address them. And so at the six-month mark, uh, we got them a job and they were working. Mm-hmm. They worked for four months and then when they came in to see the probation officer, the probation officer, they found the probation officer, they told the probation officer that they're unemployed. Mm-hmm. So now that they're unemployed, their risk just increased. So we oh. had to pivot from seeing them once bi-weekly mm-hmm. to now having them come to the office Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because mm-hmm. we have to try to prevent them from committing a crime. And the only way that we could prevent that from occurring is if we are supervising them closely yes. and providing that accountability measure. Because now when they were coming to us bi-weekly, that was because they, we knew that they were to work. Uh, we knew what they were going, we knew what they were involved in. Yes. But now what was, uh, what, the time, what was consuming their time is no longer there. Mm-hmm. And so something else could consume yeah. it. So yeah. now we have to increase our contact mm-hmm. to ensure. So it, 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 it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. So sometimes mm-hmm. we could reward them and say, you don't have to come because yes. you've been doing so good. And then sometimes you have to actually pivot back or revert back to what we were doing previously. Mm. Listeners, we're talking to Duran Harvey, the director within the Department of Rehabilitation. And if you are listening like we're listening, it yes. seems as if we're getting some really good food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, paying attention. Yes. And, and, and listening to what you're doing. The... We have a Department of Rehabilitation. We've always had probationers. We've always mm-hmm. had parolees. Um, but we haven't always had a Department of Rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. A little mm-hmm. bit about the genesis of, of getting to this place. So, so in 2019, the Alternative Sentencing Ordinance was passed, uh, and that led to the creation of a Probation and Rehabilitation Unit, which was under the Department of Social Development, who coined all of what we who coined all of what we are experiencing today. And so we were under them, uh, and part of the reasons we were under them was because they helped to enact the legislation, they helped to petition the government to enact the legislation, 
And so at the time, there was the most applicable agency to actually house this. And prior to that, we know that probation was formed in 1990, and I think parole was somewhere in the 1990s or somewhere, both of them. But that was primarily done by social workers. But then in 2019, there was a need to provide more structured supervised services towards offenders. Mm-hmm. And so we were, we were created in 2019 under the Department of Social Development, and then we transitioned from the Department of Social Development onto the Department of Correction in mm-hmm. 2021. And part of the reason why we transitioned is because we were growing so much, and then it be, it, we started to compete. You can't have two important areas eating out of the same pot. And so the issue was that social development was was dealing with victims and it became difficult for them to how do they focus on victims and offenders at the same time. Mm. And so the, the idea was to, tr- to transfer us from social development and put us under the prison. And so we moved from them and went under the prison. And then when we went under the prison, we were there for a short time. And then uh, the government realized that prison is more as a last resort. And so if we are continuing to invest all of our resources at the end, then we will continue to get the same result. And so the department was created to focus on prevention mm-hmm. and intervention and then rehabilitation, which would be more of at the last stage because mm-hmm. we should be preventing. And when prevention fail, we should be intervening. Mm-hmm. In those circumstances, when the intervention fail, then we should be trying to rehabilitate. When rehabilitation fail, then we should be trying to reintegrate. That is at the place where they go to prison and preparing them for their release back into society. So uh, Let's go this over. We have, we have people who are listening. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin started with this big word, gastronomical. I heard you use this big word earlier on, criminogenic. And I, and, I, and I left you with it because I said that's your technical field. Those are the words yeah. that you so, use. Yeah, so, so, so you just walked us through, so, I think, intervention um, and a couple stages. Yeah. Let's go that over. Remember, you have listeners who okay, would be so, interested in this. So if we want to reduce crime, yeah. we should be preventing it. But there are some individuals, despite our preventative efforts, who, it's, who it just won't work. Mm-hmm. When that fails we should move to the second stage, which is intervention. Mm-hmm. And intervention is those individuals who actually have been charged and caught and convicted. And that is where probation comes in. That is where probation comes in, where we intervene. Mm-hmm. If that fails, we should be focusing on rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And rehabilitation is those individuals who have been convicted before, who intervention has failed, and now we have to pivot in another direction. And because they either was they have committed a second crime mm-hmm. or they were incarcerated. And in that instance, as we are trying to rehabilitate, then we need to pivot to focus on reintegration. Mm-hmm. And that is for those individuals who are in prison and they have convicted, they have been through uh, most of the services. And if they are in prison, we should be preparing them for their release back into society right. because 100% of the persons inside her Majesty's, His Majesty's prison yes, 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 will yes. be released back into our society. Yes. There is no one who's serving an indefinite sentence, which means that they would be in prison for life. I mean, that life in the context of the Turks and Caicos is 30 years. Mm-hmm. 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 So that's what we should be focusing on. And that was why we, the department came about to assist the government in not trying to divert all of its efforts at the back end. But even while you're strengthening the prison system, mm-hmm. you are strengthening the prevention and intervention 
to try to prevent those individuals from actually interacting with the criminal justice system. Right, and so rehabilitation as this broad umbrella yes. covers mm-hmm. all of what yes. you've, just, you've just mentioned. Yes. Um, in, in terms of the actual numbers, you said in 2019 it seemed to have been a critical turning point for TCI Yes. in, in recognizing that we need to do a little bit more. So we, we've been doing some things, mm-hmm. but we need to strengthen and, and, and perhaps better organize this. Is it that the numbers were increasing um, or, or we just saw the need to, to have the services so prior to twi- all right. So prior to 2019, the only option the court had was to send someone to prison or release them on their own recognizance. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was if you, convict, if you committed a crime, mm-hmm. you either went to prison or the court just say, don't commit another crime, you're free to go. Mm-hmm. But there was a no one who was there to actually ensure that you're not committing another crime. Yes. And see, the government, uh, prison is, is always at a last resort because whenever someone goes to prison, you are, you're disrupting a family. You're, it, it causes long-lasting effects on the children. Yeah. It causes long-lasting effects on the economy because that, that's one less person yes, who income. is not mm-hmm. able to work. Mm-hmm. And so families are disrupted and so the the whole ramifications of mm-hmm. sending someone to prison it is really big yes and so probation it is a more viable option because it doesn't necessarily prohibit someone from working mm-hmm. so it allows this person to get the help that they need mm-hmm. but still being able to live in society and positively uh, contribute, and, and positively contribute. Mm-hmm. and so we know that the prison was only created to to deal with about uh, to house about up to I think a hundred individuals. It's currently housing a hundred and thirty one. But the court has an excess of five hundred between five hundred criminal matters that they deal with on a yearly basis. It could be more. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is more, but I'm just saying five hundred. Right. Imagine if all five hundred of them were sent to, to prison and, and, and overcrowded and already overcrowded yeah, yes. we, we, we don't ask hard questions yeah. on, on everything education we're trying to educate um, but I do have a hard question well I think it is hard anyway <laughs> and we have a few minutes to, to deal with it so are you in any way suggesting that um, we would go probation and, and parole because we don't have enough space should we just build more spaces in prison or should we be doing better at rehabilitation? So, I always tell people, if you build a bigger space, mm-hmm. you got to find people to put in those bigger spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think we believe that prison is absolutely necessary. There are just some individuals who just are averse to change. They don't want to help. They just don't want, mm-hmm. they don't want any type of help. I like how you're calling yeah. that, mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. In those cases, mm-hmm. we always recommend imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So we are not afraid, even though that we believe people have the capacity to change, mm-hmm. we know that there are some people who should be in prison. Yes, And we've recommended people in prison to go to prison over and over. And mm-hmm. we will continue to recommend some people to go to prison. Mm-hmm. But then there are some people who don't necessarily need to go to prison. In that space. Because... Prison is actually prison could be a breathing ground to exacerbate criminality yes. or to make criminal criminal um, to, to to breed to make criminals mm-hmm. worse mm-hmm. and to teach people how, how to, to be, be a, how to, to be a criminal yeah how to perfect their graft. <laughs> so we we are very careful as to how particularly first time offenders yeah. and particularly the majority of people who are committing crime are between eighteen and twenty five. Mm-hmm. 
do we really want our young people to have to go to prison to be around my grandma would always say hardened criminals career criminals career criminals yes do we want that to to occur Mm -hmm. so probation is considered a more viable option because the court have the capabilities of still putting restrictions but still getting you the help Mm -hmm. that you need without over restriction Mm -hmm. so it's almost like you're still in prison Mm -hmm. but you still could go home yes you still could go to church you still could go to work. You still could go to your daughter uh, graduation. PTA. You still could go to your yes. daughter uh, graduation. Yes. You still can do all of those stuff. Right. But while you're doing that, you still have to comply with these conditions. conditions. So you still have to do your community service. Mm-hmm. You still need to come to anger management. You still need to come to a consequential thinking program. You still need to come how to programs as to how to regulate your emotions. So on top of that, you st- the court is allowing you to to live in mm-hmm. society, which ultimately will not cause that person to go to prison because we know that the the legal, not the legal, we know that the stigma in our society and how people are not so forgiving for individuals yes. to go to prison. There are people on probation and in, their supervisors don't even know. Listeners, that's Jerron Harvey, yeah. the director um, within the Department of Rehabilitation. We, we are definitely, Kevin, mm-hmm. going to have him back probably for another two or three Obsession. He will not come alone because we have to have. Would you bring take, his take wife breakfast? No. Oh, he bring, he'll bring take, breakfast. He has to take breakfast. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, breakfast. I want the breakfast that his wife cooks. Not, not, not the dumb. I don't want him testing. Very, 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 he doesn't. Yeah, I, I'm from Caicos. Yeah, yes. the, yeah, the same look. The same look, John. How the can same you know look. Grits? The same look. You know what? We, we're gonna no, figure that bit out. I think we need to. We have to pull your card. Yeah, yeah. We have to revoke your card. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that some other time. Yeah. But okay. the, this business of rehabilitation and, and the work that's sense. being done by the Department of Rehabilitation and listening to what it is mm-hmm. we currently have in place. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about staffing, but I think I think I'll forget that yeah, today Saturday and, and yeah. another time we could talk about yeah. about all of that. Uh wow. Let's give it yes. yeah, wow so, moment. So, so, so wow. Wow moment. Word of the week listeners word of the remember week. The wow, word, of the week word of the week and we have a word of the week courtesy of Jaron Harvey. I think I know the word that he's going to pull. You think so? And let's see if he pulls it. What's the word of the week, Jaron? Rehabilitation. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Listeners, <laughs> you yeah. knew it too. What's yeah. the meaning of rehabilitation? The short version. So the, the, I would say the meaning of rehabilitation is a process of changing someone who have committed a crime yes. or someone who's involved in negative behavior, teaching them the skill set, from moving them from one stage yes. to a better stage. To a better stage. Yeah. And and we've used that yes, in, in, yes, in, yes. in sentences uh, all, all day. But if you but if you need throughout. me to do, I would say Go ahead. rehabilitation is the cure. To many of the social ills in our country. Oh, there you go. Man, a message for the country. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. It's nine it's ten o'clock. <laughs> So, so it's, it's, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's yeah, time to, to go. Yeah, to do some other Saturday stuff. That's right. Uh, listeners, I'm Edgar Howell, your host. And I'm Kevin Baxter on behalf of Jaron Harvey. We want to wish you a wonderful rest of the day. And join us again on Everything Education, heard only on RTC.